This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. A little later on, we're going to be talking to Jay Hill, the interim leader of Wexit Canada. He, of course, you probably know him better as the former Conservative MP for Prince George uh, Peace River. He was in uh, that seat for 17 years, so uh, we'll be chatting with him about why he's all about Wexit now and why he became leader. That coming up in just a bit. But first, we're going to chat with Brad Sperling, the PRRD chair all about the old Fort Landslide, which suddenly shifted about eight days ago. So, Brad, thank you so much for chatting with us and uh, for taking a minute to uh, talk with us today. Oh, you're welcome. So, Brad, uh, why don't we start with kind of an update on the situation, uh, kind of as of this morning, if you can give us one. Uh, the slide seems to be slowing down. Yeah, the information Modi gave us yesterday, uh, they say it is slowing down, but still moving approximately a meter an hour. Uh, and they're saying it's uh, too wide to monitor or continue monitoring at this time or to put a room uh, safely across for people. Uh, too wide as in, uh, you said it's too wide for people to safely... Well, it's, move, it's moving yeah. consistently too fast. I see. So it's slowing down, but still moving. All right. Um, yes. How many residents, uh, first of all, how many residents live in Old Fort and how many have since uh, evacuated since the slide started moving again? There, There's roughly between 125 to 150. Uh, 52 have registered with uh, ESS and the rest are still in uh, the Old Fort community. Uh, sheltering in place. Okay. And I think I saw you guys yes. did it. You did a survey recently. Uh those other people who are kind of sheltering in place say they aren't really concerned yet about supplies or anything. Is that correct? Well, the, the, they're actually doing two surveys. The first ah. one was uh, short term, hoping that, you know, would end by now. But now they're doing uh, the long term, uh, preparing for water, sewer, garbage, get people in and out. Uh, now it looks like by river at this time. I see. So kind of similar to when it moved in 2018 when uh, people were leaving by the river. Okay. Uh, do you have any sense about sort of what the next phase of this will be? Like what has to happen for you to say everyone has to evacuate or, or uh, we have to start moving people by river? Is Are we at that point yet or is there still something that could change? No, before no we're, we're not there. Two things have, are, have to happen in order for us to... Uh, put them in evacuation order. That would either be an order from the province or the geotechnical people to tell us those people are in danger. Uh, but right now, uh, the board is not considering any kind of an evacuation order until we're told that. Okay. Uh, is it... Is it entirely up to you as to when you can issue the evacuation order? I mean, as you say, you're waiting to hear more, but... Uh, can you decide unilaterally or is it kind of the province? Like, do you work together with the province to do that? I, I think we do have the power to do it unilaterally, but we're not going to. Okay. Uh, I know, see. If you look at what happened the last time we were advised to bring in our own uh, geotechnical people. And at that time, no one knew what the slide was. 
and they couldn't tell us uh, the people were safe, so we moved ahead. We've learned a lot more since that time, and this time, someone's really going to have to tell us that those people are in danger. Uh, and so far, they keep telling us they're not. Okay, so do you mean then that compared to last time, you're not you're not prepared to say uh, to use the term pull the trigger on an evacuation qu quite as hastily you you're going to wait until they say da danger is imminent to do so is that a, do i understand that correctly? yeah like i said unless the province orders us to or the geotechnical uh, authorities or people tell us that those people are in danger okay how much info are you getting from the Ministry of Transportation on this? Because they're providing updates and you're publishing them on the PRRD uh, website. Um, are they being forthcoming or are you kind of struggling to, to hear more from them at this moment? Well, they went for a couple of days without uh, any updates. Their monitoring equipment was down and now it's back up. Uh, I believe they're doing uh, LIDAR, which takes some time to assess the beach path. I would like them at least to say, how long does it take to assess that information? Uh, we're not experts in that. And that's that's the kind of information we need. Just tell us. We learned that from the original slide. Our biggest issue was communication. And I, and I suppose a lack of in some cases where you didn't know what was happening when with the ministry that that's correct okay. like we didn't know but we we even fell down by just saying people days there's no change we you know we have no information today and we've learned that and that's why this time every day at three o'clock staff is putting out an update i see okay uh is there a concern that uh, or do you have any reason for concern i guess uh for the slide to get worse or speed up again? Do you have any kind of information on what the likelihood of that happening is? Do you know? No, they haven't given us that information and they're, they're still analyzing uh, their studies. Right. So still lots of unknowns in that re regards. Uh, there is, and yeah. the district is just preparing as we're supposed to. Yeah, the kind of for any kind of scenario in that case. In regards to the road that was kind of the, the temporary road, I should say, um, you know, that's that was put there after the last slide, kind of more than a year passed, essentially, where that slide didn't uh, move or moved very minimally. Um, has there been lots of discussion about what a new road would look like or if there's other spots where a road could be that might be safer so that a situation like this may not happen again? Or, or is that something that's been discussed well, a lot? That, that, that's actually the biggest question moving forward. I mean, people want to know what their future is. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> it, it's up to the province and ministry to give them a permanent and safe road and deal with that slide. You got to remember, ministry is responsible for their road. Mm -hmm. The slide is on Crown land. So, so they have to decide what the future of those people is and give them some comfort. They can't go, be going through this every two years. Absolutely. Are you, as uh, you are, you are the PR board, like in on that conversation at all as to where it could be if there was a different road, uh, kind of plowed through to the community? No, not 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 at this time. Yeah. Uh, the the meetings are EMBC's meetings. Uh, the district 
staff are there and ministry staff are there and then uh, they give us their daily updates okay and uh you've already touched on this but i guess said how many discussions would you say you've had like with the with the board with the ministry even if at all about the likelihood of the slide moving again and and what you would say because as you say you're you're more prepared this time even the people who live in old fort have said a lot of them have said they're more prepared uh this time because it happened already uh have there been discussions about the likelihood that this slide could move again and 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 what maybe if there was even a percentage of chance that it could move again or was the hope that it just wouldn't <laughs> we've been asking for that information since the first slide mm -hmm. like who, who's doing the studies on it it's it's crown land it's it's ministry of transportation road uh we put an foi in january for all information and we were turned down and then yesterday we got an email saying that yeah they're going to review our request all right. I mean, uh, this has been going on for 18 months. And I have to ask, uh, FOI, by the way, Freedom of Information Request. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Well, that's okay. Uh, why They gave you a reason as to why they couldn't uh, release that information. Do you understand the reason or, or have any sense of sort of the, the, um, the thinking behind why the ministry wouldn't release it to you? No, and I, I may not have it word for word, but it had something to do with may endanger law enforcement. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to us? We're, we're lay people up here, and that, that's why we asked for a review of our FOI. I mean, we've heard that they were in-depth studies uh, on that slide since it started. Mm -hmm. We didn't hear about that until last November in a, a media release. So why have we been kept out? And I don't understand why a local government should have to put an FOI in on the government to get an answer. For something that's affecting uh, citizens in the local government, uh, absolutely. All right, well, looking forward, uh, let's even kind of for the next week, Brad, what, uh, where are we at in terms of uh, the emergency kind of uh, the, the center that's been set up? Uh, is there things that are going to be happening in the next week that you're hoping to get answers about or, or is it still kind of all just up in the air because the government's been so not for forthcoming uh, in the past about this kind of information about the slide and, and, and what's happening? Well, mo most of that's up in the air because I mean, it's being monitored. We're, we're relying on the province or ministry to guide us that way. Our job is to be prepared to get the services in that the people need whether they're in the ESS or hunkered down in the community, we need to concentrate on those services. Mm -hmm. And as you, and as, sorry to interrupt. And as you said, uh, you don't have a timeline on how long it will take report to be made public to you, and, and how long it kind of takes. Is that is that correct? No, we have we have no idea. Okay. All right, Brad. Well, uh, you're very busy right now, as you usually are. So I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us about this. Obviously, a story we'll be following uh, very closely in the next days, weeks, and uh, months. So hopefully it doesn't uh, take that long to get things sorted out. But, Brad, thank you very much for talking to us today. Oh, thank you. All right, that's Brad Sperling, the PRRD chair. We'll be right back uh, to talk with Jay Hill right after this on Moose Talks.
Get cracking on your trivia because you could win some awesome prizes, including gift cards to Safeway, Fort City Chrysler, and Tupperware. Play on our Facebook page at Energetic City every Tuesday afternoon at 12.15 for your chance to win with the Moose FM Trivia Hour, hosted by Scott Brooks. Visit our website at moosefm.ca under contests for more details. The Moose FM Trivia Hour is powered by FSJ Return It and Fort City Chrysler. Home Hardware is proud to be 100% Canadian owned and proud to serve Fort St. John. Even though this year we are celebrating Canada Day differently, what's not different is spending time with your family and celebrating Canada's 153rd birthday. As a Canadian, we are tough and always up for a challenge. Be proud to be Canadian. Happy Canada Day from the crew at Home Hardware Fort St. John. I know lots of kids say their grandmas make the best homemade food, but my grandma is so good she has her own kitchen. Mary Jane's Kitchen and Catering. She makes everything herself and it's so good, especially her spaghetti and lasagna. She even makes sandwiches for a bunch of places. I can't remember them all though, I'm only nine. Find Mary Jane's delicious sandwiches at Petro Canada Truck Stop, Chevron, Kelly's Convenience Store, Husky, and V&M by the high school. Mary Jane's Kitchen and Catering, also on Facebook. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. All right, we're back on Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig, and I'm joined now and very excited to be joined now by Jay Hill, the interim leader of Wexit Canada. You also know him as the longtime member of parliament for Prince George Peace River, uh, conservative MP. How's it going today, Jay? Very well, Dub. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking out uh, some time to uh, join us today. So let's start with this. What prompted you to take over the leadership role of Wexit because Peter Downing resigned. Uh, was this something you were asked to do or was it something you decided to do to kind of bridge the gap between this and what I assume will be a leadership contest that's forthcoming? Well, Deb, uh, I know it surprised and even, dare I say, shocked quite a number of people uh, that are close to me when I made this decision, but it, it wasn't a, a quick decision. I've been writing newspaper columns and speaking out about the issue of the what I view as the mistreatment of Western Canada uh, by um, what's referred to as the Golden Triangle of Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, that area of our country. Uh, I've been speaking out about that for quite some time. So this has been growing. And in the last while, uh, I've increasingly been dismayed by the direction the country's going. I think that that feeling of frustration and outright anger at times is, is shared by thousands of, of other Western Canada, uh, Canadians. And then it's really out of concern for my grandchildren and what my generation will be leaving to the next generation. And right now, it looks like it's going to be a heck of a mess uh, for our children and grandchildren to inherit. So all of that kind of motivated me to join with this other this group of people and uh, and and step forward to try to build a credible alternative. I see. Now, I guess the assumption is uh, in time for, say, the next federal election, whenever that may be, you'll, you're hoping to have like the full-time leader installed by then. Is that correct? 
That's right, uh, Dub. Our short-term objectives of our board, uh, which is only a week and a half old <laughs> now, so we're just in our infancy with this party. Uh, there's eight of us on the board. We're all of uh, like mind when it comes to the central thrust. Uh, our short-term objectives are to continue to build credibility uh, for the party, uh, to sell memberships as many as possible in as short a time period as possible, to build uh, financial resources through donations. And then medium term, uh, and this is partly dependent on uh, whether the COVID pandemic actually allows us to plan a convention, but we would hope to plan a very successful uh, founding convention followed by a leadership uh, race. Uh, in fact, the leadership race, of course, may be held in conjunction with that and the final, uh, the final decision or voting would be at the convention for a new leader. Uh, I've made it very clear that uh, I only intend to serve as interim leader until such time as the party membership can elect a, a permanent leader. Okay. Now, if you've already made references, you've been speaking out on this issue for a long time. And uh, I would say, I mean, basically your entire political career, you, of course, were at the kind of roots of the Reform Party. You ran in 1987 on the Reform uh, ticket, as I, if, if I remember correctly. So, Western alienation is not a new topic, a subject for you. Um, what do you think has changed? Because, of course, you were in the government of Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper uh, represented a riding in Calgary, lived there, uh, has lived there for quite a time. So we had a prime minister who was from the West. Uh, that changed in 2015 or uh, 2014 when Trudeau was elected, of course. But why not work with the Conservatives to to sort of see them perhaps get reelected into power and then have work with them to kind of soothe Western alienation, as it were? Why is this a better option than doing that? Well, quite simply, it's because of my experience as a 17-year veteran of, uh, of the Parliament of Canada. I had the pleasure and the honour, as you say, to represent Prince George Peace River. Uh, in the Parliament uh, for 17 years and the last uh, few years as a cabinet minister in Stephen Harper's government. Um, I came to realize over the last decade since I left public life that uh, Confederation just is not working. I do not believe it'll work in the future. And in as quick a, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, Dub, but as quick an explanation as I can give you is that if um, whoever uh, there's a leadership race underway right now. If whoever uh, wins that does become the next prime minister and we have a conservative government, there's no doubt in my mind we will have better government than we do under uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and the Liberals. No question. It'll be a fairer, fairer government for Western Canada, but we will never get full fairness. And here's why. It's simply because the bulk of the members of parliament and therefore the bulk of, of the votes that determine the next government come from central Canada. You know, there's, there's I think, uh, somewhere around 199 members of parliament in Ontario and Quebec, and only 114 in all of the West. So even if Peter McKay or, or Aaron O'Toole becomes the next prime minister, just as Stephen Harper and I and our cabinet had to do, you have to pay attention to the views and uh, the wishes of central Canadians. It's, it's predominant in our system, and therefore it doesn't matter whose government, they're going to be attempting to appease central Canada, where the votes are, where the seats are, because that's how they will stay in power. 
And that therein lies the problem. And of course, our system originally was designed that the Senate, the this, this so-called uh, chamber of sober second thought, uh, was supposed to look after re any regional unfairness. It was supposed to protect the less populated regions of our country, but it doesn't do that. The way it was structured is uh, Quebec and Ontario are two of the regions. They each have 24 senators, and we only have 24 in the entire West. Mm -hmm. So obviously, both in the lower chamber, in the House of Commons, we're outvoted. We see that all the time, especially under this liberal government of Justin Trudeau. Uh, you know, with bills like the tanker ban on the North Coast that prevents us from achieving world world prices for our product, for our oil. Um, you know, other bills that prevent pipelines being built, a bill that imposes a national uh, sales tax on the West and especially on our farmers. Uh, you know, gun control. You can run down a long list of grievances, Dub, and it's passed through the chamber it gets to the Senate, and we don't have enough votes there either under our system. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the Confederation is set up to uh, continue to fleece the West, and I'm fed up with it. And that's the bottom line. So what does Western separation look like uh, kind of to you and to Wexit at this point? I, I don't believe you put out a whole kind of platform yet, but uh, kind of in brief, what, what, what happens? What needs to happen in order for uh, Wexit to kind of achieve its goal of perhaps forming a new country out of Western Canada? Well, that's a really good question. And of course, at this point in time, all of this is so hypothetical that it's it's difficult to give an accurate answer. First of all, I'll, I'll address the issue of our platform policies. Um, the new board ha has taken a collective decision. We've only had two board meetings thus far, uh, last week and again, one last night. And uh, we have decided uh, that it would be uh, inappropriate for us to design policies and, and a platform uh, by eight of us, or for that matter, by myself as leader, mm -hmm. if I sat down and drafted some policies. So the policies are going to wait for the convention. Uh, we'll structure it similar to what we did when we started the Reform Party, uh, which the individual writing associations, once we get them up and organized, will submit resolutions. They'll be debated on the floor of a convention, and that's how the policy will be developed. In the meantime, our board is working quite diligently uh, to produce sort of a, a list of guiding principles that we can communicate and I can communicate as the interim leader to people and to encourage them to take out a membership and join in our efforts. Mm -hmm. On the issue of sort of the process, how do we see this developing? I mean, uh, we're not completely or, or even remotely adverse to the efforts of Jason Kenney and Scott Moe and their governments in Saskatchewan and Alberta, for example, as they try to get a fairer deal. Uh, Jason Kenney, of course, struck the fair deal panel. They have a report. They have a number of uh, recommendations that they're working on. We're not opposed to trying to, uh, for those governments to try to achieve greater autonomy from the federal government in a wide range of issues uh, at all. It's just that on the major issues, pipelines, uh, the uh, imbalance, fiscal imbalance, the um, equal, so-called equalization formula that sees billions of dollars flow from the West to primarily to Quebec, those issues, I do not believe, will be negotiated and will be decided. And eventually that will drive Western Canadians to seek independence. 
because, uh, you know, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And mm -hmm. that's what we've been doing for over 150 years. And uh, so uh, how do I see this? I think that we hope to run candidates, as you say, in the next federal election. Uh, we're poised to do that. We've got all our papers in with Elections Canada. Mm -hmm. um, we will contest every riding at some point in time in Western Canada. If I reflect back when I first ran in 1988, the Reform Party of Canada was less than a year old, and um, we didn't win any seats. We could only organize in 88 ridings in the West at that time. Uh, as I said, now we have 107 in mm -hmm. Western Canada. I think there was less than 100 at that time, 93 or something like that. Yeah. And um, so we hope to organize, we hope to run candidates, we hope to uh, elect people, obviously. And, uh, and then, like the Bloc Québécois, those members of Parliament would be free to not uh, have to try to appease the voters and the power base in, in central Canada. They would be free to, to represent their constituents uh, and not have to bring forward uh, un, uh, unfortunate compromise that we had to as a Conservative Party and, the, and as the Conservative Party will have to in the future. Okay. Uh, one last question, and it's local, and uh, we only got about a minute left here. But I, I just, I'm curious, you, you haven't kind of lived in the piece uh, for the last 10 years or so, but of course, you were here a long time before that. You were born here. Do you have a sense of what kind of appetite there might be for Wexit in the piece in northern British Columbia? I do. Uh, I'm very fortunate that uh, one of my uh, former campaign managers and a longtime friend, Greg Hammond, is sitting on our, our inaugural board. Mm -hmm. So he brings that, that perspective uh, from my old writing from northeastern British Columbia. Uh, Greg is a very common sense, uh, solid individual, credible individual. And uh, so we're counting on him to bring uh, the voice and the views of northeastern British Columbia to our board. And uh, according to Greg, uh, there's a lot of interest. I mean, how much interest? It's like, what are the numbers in, in uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan? Mm -hmm. uh, we're not certain, but uh, we intend to find out. And over the next little while, we'll have a good indication by a growth in membership, how quickly it grows and where those members are located. All right, Jay, we'll have to leave it there for now. But uh, thank you very much for taking some time to talk with us today. My pleasure. I hope I'm back on your program soon. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back to wrap things up right here on Moose Talks. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.